Hello and welcome to the Art of Communication podcast with me, Robin Kermode. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass, Speak So Your Audience Will Listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com. Hello, this is Sian Hansen, and welcome to the Art of Communication podcast, Creating Chemistry on the First Date. I'm here with Robin Kermode. Hello. Do you remember your first date? Do you know, I can't actually remember my first date. I remember that I used to date a lot of people from work because I was an actor in those days. And so therefore, the first date you go out is not so difficult because you just say, well, do you want to come for a drink after work? And one thing led to another. It didn't feel like a date in a sense. Can you be your first date? Oh, yes. I've had a lot of first dates, actually. I'm just the type of girl who likes to be asked out on a formal date. It's does, a bit old-fashioned. And does that mean dinner for you? Uh, yeah. Usually it's a formal date and it's, would you like to go out? You set a time, pick me up, you know, take me home. It's all very old-fashioned And was that now. when people used to turn up with a rose? <laughs> <laughs> no roses. But listen, I think it's all different now. Younger friends of mine, they talk about having met people at their yoga class or some workout club, maybe even church. Yeah, so if you want to be an amateur dramatics, you, you, that's where you go to meet those kind of people, I suppose. That's where you go. But a lot of this is on apps now. So what do you think about that? What do you think about getting a first date? having met somebody via an app? Well, the difficulties, of course, with an app is that if you've been texting backwards and forwards, you don't have the human connection, so you can't read the body language. So it's very difficult to know what somebody's really like from a text until you know them. You don't know whether somebody's being actually sarcastic or just being funny. When you know them well enough, you know what their texts are. But if you've only seen the text and then they turn up to the restaurant or the date, you're going to have to make some very quick body language decisions about what this person's like. So if we can help ourselves to understand what the chemistry might be, then that's very helpful. I can see that. And let's remember, other than texting, there's like a million different ways that people get in contact with each other now, one-to-one. It can be WhatsApp, DMs, or... You might have chatted to them in person. Yeah, you might have FaceTimed. You might, might have, have seen them. Yeah. You might have seen them. But still, you're right. It's all about creating that chemistry. Now, let's set some ground rules. This podcast is about advice, top tips. <laughs> well, we're not giving advice. We're not, we're not setting ourselves up as gurus telling you who to date. But I think we can give some observations about how to create the chemistry on the first date to put your date at their ease. Because you want it to be fun. Actually, for me, the anticipation of the date is sometimes even better than a date itself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that implies the date doesn't go very well. And is there a difference when it's different ages? You know, when you're a teenager or when you're dating in your 60s or does it matter? I'm, I'm not sure that there's much difference. There might be a difference if you're very young and you're not looking for a lifelong partner. Right. You're just looking for some fun. And maybe yeah. that's different. Yeah. But once you're at a stage where you're looking to meet somebody for a date that might turn into a meaningful relationship, okay. then I don't think it's very much different. Got it. And if you gave us some of your observations about a first date, how would you set one up? I mean, what would be the venue? You know, is it dinner straight away or is it a drink or is it a visit to a museum? What do you think? Well, the trouble, of course, with a restaurant or a meal is that you're stuck there. So if you decide over the starter, or even as you're ordering the meal, <laughs> that you don't really like the person that you've been set up with, this would yeah. apply particularly into blind dates, yeah. you are stuck there. 
and you have to carry on the rest of the meal rather formally. Yeah. But there's no escape. So I think having something else to do is great, something else to talk about. So if you go to an art gallery or even a walk in the park mm. and you can see other people, you can see other things in trees, you can talk about other things and that's helpful, I think. And I suppose it gives you a, a chance to find some shared interests in a more relaxed fashion rather than a kind of quick fire Q&A with each other. And also, of course, if you're sitting in a restaurant, you tend to be seated opposite each other, Mm. which tends to turn it into an interview situation. Oh, right. So although it's not an interview, it feels a bit like an interview because you think, what's the right answer to this question? I'm going to try. (laughs) You want to make a good impression. So you end up giving what you think is the right answer. And sometimes we don't come across as natural if we do that. So let's say you've set up a drink in a bar. How do you make your best first impression before you've said anything? Okay, so I've been in this situation. So you're the man and you think, well, it's a bar stool, so I'm going to sit on the bar stool. So you try to look casual sitting on the bar stool, not too keen. So, of course, whilst you're waiting for your date to arrive, you have to do something. So you either look at your watch, but you can't do that because you look too desperate. So you start looking through the menu, maybe looking through the cocktail menu or something like that. You look at it about five or six times, right? <laughs> and you put it down and your date hasn't arrived. You pick it up again, have another look at it. And then the question is, do you sit with both legs on the stool? Or do you, as a man, do you sit with one leg on the bar and then one leg dangling off the floor so you look more casual, you see? So you have this whole thing going on. This is how desperate it is. Now, the same thing probably would apply to a woman is, does she look towards the door to wait your arrival? Or does she pretend that actually she's looking at the menu? And it's all a bit of a dance at the beginning, I think, anyway. And would it hold true if it was two men meeting each other on a date and two women meeting each other on a date? It's the same thing, I imagine. I don't see any difference, really. I don't see any difference. Because you still have one person there and the other person walking in. Yeah. The person walking, of course, is probably more exposed because you see them moving as opposed to somebody who's Okay, so what are we doing when we're walking in and you can see the person you're going to have a date with? How should you walk? Well, what, most... Or what should you be looking for in their body language? Well, you want somebody who is relaxed and comfortable in their own skin. Somebody who's confident, but you don't want somebody who is overconfident or cocky if it turns into overconfidence. And you don't want somebody also who appears too nervous, almost like they're looking around checking if they fit in or not. You want somebody who's confident enough to think, you know, have a right to be here and they walk in that way. With men, if you're dating a man and a man walks in, if their chin is too high, it's often a signal that they're quite arrogant. Ooh, that's interesting. It could be defensively arrogant. could be they're trying to look strong. But generally speaking, if a man has their chin a little bit lower and maybe they look down and they catch sight of themselves in the mirror and maybe they put their hand through their hair to just check they Ooh, look I right. have seen that so often. With the chin down and a preening of the hair like that, is actually a sign that they want to look nice for you as opposed to they want to show off for you if the chin's too high. And what about a woman? She walks in to the room. What are you looking for in how a woman approaches you from afar? If I was in this position and the woman was walking towards me, I hope that she'd be looking at me and not looking at everybody else around the the room. (laughs) Now, there are people who walk into public places and they need everybody to notice them and they need everyone to find them attractive as well. So they're doing lots of little flirting with the eyes going on. That would be a bit of a a signal for me. I think, well, this is not necessarily the person I want to have a date with. The one thing that I've always noticed in other people on first dates is I think it's really important to be comfortable in the clothes that you're wearing. And sometimes we and choose to wear shoes that they've never worn before or they're not comfortable in and that can look a little awkward. Anything out of your normal comfort zone is going to make you feel a bit dressed up 
it's rather like going to a wedding sometimes. You buy a new suit or something and you mm. get all dressed up and you, you don't feel quite so relaxed until later on in the evening for a man, if you undo your shirt and you take your tie off, you take the jacket off and the ladies kick off their shoes and then suddenly actually on the dance floor, everyone's more relaxed. Now, would you give any advice about what to wear on the first date? We've talked a little bit about how you approach each other, but do you have any advice on that? Well, it depends, I suppose, if you're coming straight from work. You've got a nice excuse there. You go, I've just come straight from work. This is what I wear, which is probably the most natural one, actually. If it's, on the other hand, a weekend, like a Saturday night date, then obviously you've had all day to prepare and to decide. If you overdress on the first date, you're setting up a precedent that that's how you are all the time. I would say, on a first date, just try to be quite natural because you want to be able to be natural around the person you're meeting. And if you're on best behavior from the moment you meet them, you think, when can I stop being on best behavior? Yes. So why don't we start on a first day and say, this is who I am. Right. So you're in the bar and you've now met. How should you greet each other? Do you go straight in for the hug or do you do what most people would do now, which is the right arm on their left shoulder and you lean in and you kiss one cheek or both cheeks? That's the most common thing people do. You're unlikely to shake somebody's hand, I think, on a date. That's probably a bit formal. And what if they don't? What if they just say hi and look really stiff? Well, then I suppose the decision you have to make is, do you want to try to put them at their ease? Do you like them enough to try to put them at their ease? And if you want to try to put them at their ease, you're going to say things that make them feel good. So you're going to say, oh, I like that jacket. I like that dress. You know, your hair looks great. Or you look like you've had a great day or you look happy. You know, you look well, these kind of things. Whereas if people are nervous, what you don't want to do is to go straight into an interview situation like, and where do you work and how long have you worked there and whatever, because then that becomes very formal. Just stepping back a bit. If you were meeting somebody for a drink and they're not there yet, and you arrive first, do you order a drink? Would you suggest you down a glass of wine first? Because I've seen that before. It's a Dutch courage. (laughs) If it's me, I always get a glass of water. And waiters, if they're experienced, tend to just give you a glass of tap water. So what's your opening conversation, do you think? It's really interesting. It's rather like at a job interview. If you have something too prepared, it's going to feel weird. I think the simple thing to do is to... Talk about how the day has gone so far, because that's the most natural thing to do. So how's your day been so far? It's the easiest thing. Much better than how was your journey or have you come far? Did you find a parking space? That kind of thing, which is, I think, just because you're trying to get a sense of how they are. And from the way they say it, you'll get a fairly clear idea as to whether they're in a good space or not. And so do you talk about them? Do you compliment them? You mentioned that earlier, but do you say to the person you're on the date with, do you say, oh, you look really beautiful? Do you flirt immediately? I think on a date, it would be foolish not to give a compliment because essentially they're looking for affirmation. They're looking for you saying something, behaving in a way that says, I like you and I'd like to spend more time with you. And then, of course, they relax and then the conversation will flow. So tell me more about the body language at this point. Are you looking at them straight in the eye? Are you standing side by side? Are you standing right in front of them? Are you standing really close? Generally, you put your body towards the most important place in the room on an animal level. So if your body is facing the person you're having the date with, it's an indication that you value that person. If you sit sideways away from somebody where your torso is at 45 degrees from them, it gives you an excuse in a way to look around the restaurant, to look around other people, but to take your focus off. And that gives the other person the impression that you're half in this relationship, you're not fully in it. So I think facing them is a good thing right at the beginning. And then when it comes to eye contact, it's interesting because... Two or three seconds holding eye contact is normally about right in social situations. On a date, it's probably a little bit longer, but you don't want to overdo it. Otherwise, people can feel a bit like you're trying to outstare them. So what generally happens on a date is there's a triangle of eye movement. Eyes, nose, mouth. Eyes, nose, mouth in a 
triangle like that. And depending on how much time they spend looking at your mouth, of course, it also is an indication that they either can't hear you because it's too noisy, but probably they wouldn't mind kissing you a bit later on, I think. Somebody looking at your lips is always quite a good signal. It'd be rather odd, I think, if somebody was looking at me on a first date and they were doing this odd eye movement around my face. I assume it's very subtle. Oh, no, it's, yes, it's subtle. It's not a cont- continuous triangle. And the other thing to look at, of course, is somebody's blink rate as well. Blink rate can be affected by contact lenses and by the atmosphere in the room, but generally we blink at around six to ten blinks a minute. If you blink more than that, it's possibly a sign of nervousness or even that you're lying in other situations. But generally, if somebody blinks more than about 10 blinks a minute, which is one every six seconds, then they've either got a problem with their lenses or they're a bit nervous. And if they're nervous, of course, then you try to put them at their ease. And put them at their ease. So at this drink, you've got the conversation flowing because you've asked them about their day. How do you know if they're into you? We've talked about lips. Licking lips And touching lips is also a good sign that they're into you. Taking frequent sips of water is another sign, because again, it's to do with the lips. The other thing you can notice is how often they touch their face. If they touch the lower part of the face, which is the chin or the ears, that's more a sign of nervousness. But if they touch the softer part of the face, which is the side of the cheek and the nose, it's basically a self-comforting gesture. And what they're actually saying is, I think maybe later on I'd quite like you to touch me in this, because this, this is a nice feeling. So somebody who's touching the soft part of the face actually is probably into you. Somebody who's touching the chin a lot and the, the ears a lot probably isn't. What about hair flicking? Because women flick their hair quite a lot. They put their hands through their hair all the time. What about playing with your hair? What is that? Well, it can be for all sorts of reasons, can't it? People do it because they think it looks cute. There are people who do it because it's a, a nervous twitch, almost. Some people do it because they love their hair. They think they're in a hair commercial and want to flick it a lot. But all the hair stuff, really, is about preening. And it's only what animals do. If you have luscious hair, you probably want to show it off. Mm-hmm. So the conversation is getting going. You've had a glass of wine or you both had a cocktail. This drink is going really well. How do you bring it to a conclusion? How do you take the next step and maybe invite them out for a meal? Because you think, actually, I'd like to get to know this person more. Well, the tendency, of course, is if you get it wrong, is to say something like, so would you like to see me again? And they go, no, <laughs> you're a bit stuck, aren't you? I would, at this point, use the eyebrow flash. And the eyebrow flash is that little zing of energy where you go, um, should we go on somewhere else? You just slightly lift the eyebrows. They, they go up and down very quickly. And it's a sign that it will be fun. The one thing, probably, that you want on a date is feeling that I had fun and I might have fun next time. So you would pre-plan, I imagine the restaurant that you were going to take the date to if it was going well. So something in the neighbourhood. If you're going to meet them in a bar, it's quite sensible to have a table. Well, you don't have to have a table booked, but have a table in mind, put it that way. I know some very wealthy people who have, on a first date, deliberately taken people for a drink and then they've gone for a very cheap takeaway meal to see whether they're after their money or whether they actually want to spend time with them. But there's nothing worse for a woman and I hope you're all listening out there, ladies, is that when a man says to you or your date says to you, would you like to go out for a meal? And you say yes. And then they say, where would you like to go? That point, you just want to hold your heads in your hands and say, make a decision. I would agree. And I would say for any man listening, have a plan, suggest something. I'd like to do this. I thought you'd like it. And most people will go, great. But sitting there going, where would you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? You don't look confident if you do that. And of course, you want to look confident on a first date. So where are you with the, do you hold the door open? Well, of course you hold the door open. 
You might be dating somebody who has strong feelings about men and women are equal. But they are equal. Holding a door open for somebody is not about equality. It's about showing respect for them. And so you would treat your date who you've invited out with respect at all times? Yes. And if they held the door open for me and wanted me to go first, I would say thank you very much. And what I'd try to do is the next door we went through, I would do the opposite. You know, certainly in business meetings I go to, the client will always hold the door open because they're the host essentially on their patch. Neither of you are host in this case, in a sense, because you're going to a neutral bar. So either of you could hold the door open. But I was brought up to hold doors open, and that's what I do. And But I wouldn't be offended if somebody held the door open for me. I'd say thank you very much. If you've invited somebody out on a first date, do you pay? This is a difficult one, isn't it? A lot of people might feel beholden if you pay. So they would rather say, no, let's split it. And then they feel much more comfortable saying, I don't think we'll see each other again afterwards. It's quite hard to say that when somebody just bought you dinner. It's also a generational thing. I think people split bills much more than they used to do anyway, because you tend to have two incomes in a relationship anyway now. So I don't think it's a major issue. No, but it's interesting because when somebody asks you out on a date, there can be an assumption that this is their treat to you. And I'm just thinking maybe you shouldn't make that assumption. I think there are so many different types of relationships and so many different types of people in the world that there isn't one size fits all. If I said to somebody, I'd like to take you out for dinner, then I'm clearly going to pay for dinner. And if they say, oh, no, you know, I'd like to split the bill. I said, no, you buy next time. That's, I think, the way out of it. So thinking about next time, how do you secure the next date? Do you walk them home? Well, that's a bit old-fashioned, isn't it? You don't normally walk people home anymore, but you walk well, them you did, to the you, tube. If you did walk them home, then you also have that awkward moment saying, are you coming in for coffee? Which is always... <laughs> anyway, so assuming you but do you? But do <laughs> you? Do you Not go in for coffee? You no, don't. Uh, you don't ask on a first date. It's just like we, do, we did a podcast on pitching and networking, and networking particularly, actually. And the whole point about that was you don't ask on a first date. So do you not even go in for a kiss? Well, you see... What's the body language if the person you've asked out on a date wants a kiss? What signals are you looking for? Well, what you don't want, or what anybody wants, I think, is you don't want somebody to lunge at you, right? So there has to be some consensual nature about kissing. So therefore, it tends to be rather like a slow dance at the end of a party. You go a little bit closer and you move in a little bit and you keep the eye contact, and the other person moves in a little bit, and you just gently decide that that's what's going to happen. I think if you just suddenly lunge at somebody, it's unexpected and not very romantic, so I wouldn't recommend that one. From a lady's point of view, if you're hesitating, if I hesitate to get on the tube or my bus or at my front door, if I'm hesitating... I'd like him to kiss me. Okay, so that's a signal. You hesitating is a signal yeah. and looking down and fiddling with your keys and yeah. spending too long when actually you didn't need to spend that long. Yeah. I can't seem to find my Oyster card. Yeah. It's all that. <laughs> so how do you get the second date? Do you say it at the end of the first date when you're heading off? Do you say, I'm going to call you or do you secure the actual time and date? But again, you see, there isn't one size fits all in this, is there? I personally always make it very clear to the other person that I'd like to see them again if I do want to see them again. A good trick that I've noticed some people use is during the date, they mention like a movie or a, an exhibition or a play that they really like and they'd like to see. Yes. And if the other person agrees, then right at the end of the date, you can say something like... Do you fancy coming to that play? Because I can try and get tickets or something like that. And then you've yeah. got an excuse. That, that's a very good one. One thing that you can look for as a really good signal during the date, though, 
as to how well it's going before you ask this big question, shall we see each other again, are the self-comforting things. And I have something that I've always done. If I'm enjoying my food, I sit there and I rub my upper thighs. It's absolutely ludicrous. I don't know why I've done it since I was a child. And if I'm really enjoying my food, I sit there and I rub my upper thighs with my hands. It's rather like some people would rub their hands together. Some people rub their stomachs. So you look for a self-comforting gesture. And if somebody's doing one of those, it means they feel comfortable. They feel in a nice, comfortable space. And they're sitting forward and their hands are engaged and they're looking at you and they're animated. The other thing, of course, we haven't talked about on the first date, and I would say men are more guilty about this than women generally, just ask some questions. Don't just talk about yourself all the time. Girls have this phrase, he was on broadcast, it was incredibly boring. So... I don't know what it's like with much younger people, but I would say a golden rule is put your phone upside down. It's okay to have a phone on the table. No, it's not. Not at all. It is upside down. unacceptable. It's unacceptable to have a phone on the table at a date. You can, because you might want to pick it up to resolve a point of order, you know. No. You think in your pocket. In your pocket. Absolutely no phones on the table on a date. But what I really don't think you should do (laughs) is both be looking at your phone on a date. Oh, I've been in restaurants and you look across at a couple on a first date and and all they're doing is texting their friends saying, I'm here on a date. And the other person's going, I'm here on a date. I thought, well, you're not on a date. You're texting your friends. So we are saying no social media at dinner. No social media at dinner. No, (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) Okay, with that, thank you very much, Robin. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass? Speak so your audience will listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com.